finds Draymond Green. Green to the basket, kicks it out of Godala. Thompson for three. Bang! Clay Thompson from downtown. It's a six-point lead. Timeout Rockets. A stunned Toyota Center crowd has watched a seven-point fourth-quarter lead turn into a six-point deficit. Yo, 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 guys. What is up? And welcome back to the Game Series Clay podcast. It's your boy, Gotham. My boys, Matt, Charlie, brothers. Welcome back. Um, again, we find ourselves recording an episode at a very interesting time of the Warriors season. And uh, before we get into it, how you guys doing, man? It's been a second. Matt, I know you had spring break. How did it feel getting away from the school, the kids? Um, how was it, man? Spring break was fantastic, man. Uh, much needed. Love the yeah, yeah, man, but uh saw saw my guys for the first time all together in probably a couple of years, man, to be honest. We're all just in the same place. So it was cool, man. Solid three or four day trip in uh, northern Arizona. Cannot ask for much more, guys. I feel recharged and I'm ready to pod. That's fucking right. Charlie, Oof. how we doing, brother? Chuck, talk to us. Doing all right over here. Chilling out in the beautiful mountains. You know, nice. good times as always. Probably a nice time of year by the mountains right now. Um, oh, it's lovely. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. Had a nice weekend up in the mountains too. Like, man, it's just good to get friends out here, be able to show them around. Like, it's a good time. Might have to get you guys out here sometime too. Hey, man, anytime I'm there. Say no more, Charlie. <laughs> We're there. We, next need, a, week, we need a live game six play, game six clay pod recording. Um, it's recorded. That would be in person. Crazy. Tears will be shed. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, but guys, great to hear. Um, let's jump into it, man. Dubs. Here we are. This is kind of what we've been waiting for, man. Um, this regular season is up, uh, ending is upon us. The Warriors got, as of today, um, will be three games, play the Lakers tonight um, with the Spurs and Pelicans back-to-back this weekend. But this is it, man. This is where you want to be. The Warriors currently in three seed, um, you know, subject to change or stay, depending on how this week goes. But how's you guys' overall feeling as you go into the final final weekend, I guess, of the, of the regular season. And uh, what are your thoughts on the Warriors seeding, um, matchups coming up, and just overall overall take on what the Warriors situation at the moment? Yeah, starting on that seeding, uh, it's nice that they've been able to keep three for this long, considering how hot the Mavs are. But I still kind of feel like the Mavs will probably sneak it in at the end. I know the Warriors have some pretty, like, some good matchups they can take care of, but like it wouldn't shock me to see the Mavs win out. And they don't have the tiebreaker with the Mavs, correct? Mavs have it. So, yeah, we one, they'd have to loss, beat them out right. Loss, yeah. That's my gut is that they tie on record and Mavs get the three seed. And in that case, it's hard. To, <laughs> it's kind of hard to distinguish who's going to come out with that five, man. Like it's tough. I mean, we've looked at, you know, Utah and Denver, a lot like that seems to be pretty much locked in unless the Timberwolves pull some crazy stuff. I think that hasn't been like completely mathematically ruled out, but it's looking like one of the two. And I don't know about you guys, but I feel pretty good about that either way. Um, Obviously you want to get Steph at back at some point, but I still feel pretty good that you can take on these teams without him. And I think with that becoming, you know, a pretty distinct possibility, that's what you start to have, have to start thinking about. And however the, uh, however the ramping up may go, um, I never get tired of the ramping up talk, but uh, I, I, I like it. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. Do you guys have a preference one way or the other? I do agree fully that this is like kind of the best case scenario for how this could end it out. Like I'd honestly probably prefer to play, the Jazz or Nuggets above the Clippers or Timberwolves, uh, which is kind of the case for the two top seeds right now. Uh, and I also, just for the sake of the Mavericks schedule, they've got the uh, the Pistons, they have the uh, Oregon Ducks, and then they have uh, the Spurs. So um, Trailblazers, sorry guys, my bad. But they uh, <laughs> they uh, they they should go three zero. Murray's been out for a while. The games that I mean, I, I don't know. I can kind of see the Warriors at the end of the week if you know they win the first game on Saturday. I can see them kind of saying, "Hey, we're not too concerned with this anymore." And I think, um, for all intents and purposes, the Jazz are 
a wonderful circus to behold for anybody, especially if you're a team looking to play them. So that'd be fantastic. Denver, I told you guys last time we talked, I just don't teams with one star and a lot of role players don't generally win playoff series as awesome as that player can be. I mean, LeBron is kind of the guy looking back in his early Cleveland years who would do that. But even Luca last year, um, there's not, there's not really a great example of one super duper star with a bunch of good players around him. There's no, no shade to Denver. They're really good. Um, they have, they have an awesome fit and they have all the right pieces around them for what they have talent wise. I just don't, it's, Jokic will go for 40, 15, and 10 every night, but I think they'll probably lose five games. So to be honest, I, I prefer Denver just because the the ceiling, even with a guy like Jokic, is still pretty low, in my opinion. Um, counting on, again, I think Bill Simmons made a joke a while ago. I kind of got him roasted. He said, uh, was it not Monty Morris or Will Barton? He's, he mocked someone and said, like, do you want that guy taking the last shot? Like, I don't know. Warriors got beat by, you know, Bones Highland this year, didn't they? Or who was it? Monte. Monte, Monte, Monte Morris, yeah. So... No, I don't want taking the last shot, but I'd rather have them taking the last shot than, you know, Conley or Mitchell or Bogdanovich. So uh, I think the Jazz offensive ceiling is still high. I think there's always the off chance that a struggling team that has a high ceiling comes together at the right time. Maybe it's the first round. So call it Denver for me, but I also think the Jazz are a uh, castle made of sand. So um, either way, they're okay, but Denver is kind of the way I feel like it should go. Um, ideally, again, second round matchup for me. That's where I'm having the most struggles. But Gotham, where, where are you at? Um, I'm with you, man. Uh, Matt, I'm with you. I think Denver, like you said, I think that Utah game, um, obviously great comeback in the Warriors, you know, you know, stuck defensive with for you know, three and a half quarters. It was kind of, you know, Utah was kind of showing us what, especially without Steph, um, what the, what they could accomplish offensively. And, um, you know, Warriors played great defense on the stretch, got that dub, but, um, I agree. I think Denver just with Jokic carrying the load so much this season. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I, th- I just feel like the wheels are going to fall off, not necessarily from his play, but in terms of just making sure you're able to stop the other guys. Um, I don't think uh, we're going to see Michael Porter, Jamal Murray come back. So um, it looks like that's their squad. And, you know, as, as great as they have had in regular season, I think, um, yeah, I think the Warriors win that one in five um, pretty, pretty solidly. Um, I think Steph comes back as well. So I'm not, in, I'm not on the ramping up talk. I think uh, genuinely, I think the fact that he's, now, like I've been walking in a boot and like you know walking it out of one, like, I feel like I can speak with some um, some clarity that you know <laughs> once you start using that foot and like yeah, like I'm already I'm coming off the surgery and shit, and it feels like I'm getting my range of motion back pretty quickly. I can only imagine what like a sprained foot um, with as, with a world class athlete is. So I feel like Steph's definitely on track to come back game one. Um, so I think the Warriors coming in, I, th- I think that's the best thing, and I, I want to see them finish as a three seed. I think they they do finish as a three seed. Um, I think that they've just been playing so well these last couple of games. I think that that Utah comeback really solidified what this team can do without Steph Curry. And I think they they realize that. I think Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, just they're finding that chemistry. Wiggins having two great games as well. Looney, um, everybody's stepping up at the right time, kind of really figuring out that role. And I think that was the biggest problem we saw during that that stretch. It was Clay Thompson, you know, struggling to figure out his shots in the offense. Was, uh, forcing Draymond was kind of working that way back. So. For them to have, um, you know, win tough games on the road and uh, obviously come back against Utah, finish out the season three and zero. I think you get, um, I think you're gonna get the, the you're gonna get a soft Lakers team. I think the Spurs without Murray, uh, they should be in. Realistically, I feel like our backup team can take or whatever second unit can take the the Pelicans. So, um, I think you know, I think three and zero, especially with the way they've been playing. So, I think three and zero, finish three seed. Um, obviously, I'm the uh, I'm the optimist, but I just I really <laughs> like the way they're going into these playoffs. I think the momentum um, is there, and um, you know they're they're there's the stage is set, man. This is this is what we've been waiting for for the last two and a half years. So um, I think I think they're going to attack it with that mindset. So I kind of feel like out of the two teams, I kind of go back to I just, I just think Denver's Denver's floor. Our Denver to win is going to take some Herculean effort from Jokic and all other six or seven guys in the roster. Whereas and if all this were Warriors is, of like two oh, two weeks ago, I would be I would be a little concerned with Denver or or Utah for that matter. But just these last couple of games, and you're seeing them figure out. Even that Suns game, you know that it seemed like there's everything was starting to click. And if they're able to figure this out without Steph, I think once you're able to add Steph back in, um, they uh, they. Um, Sorry, I lost my third turn. I thought they're, uh, they're, uh, they'll be fine. So um, I think overall, um, these last couple of games have really been a great indicator for what the uh, what the Warriors can accomplish in this playoff run. Yeah, I 
I, that's kind of where I was going is just there's this, the ceilings for these teams are really different. I think for Utah and Denver, but I just don't see either of them reaching them to be honest. And they, I think the biggest thing for the Warriors is neither of these teams have anybody for Steph for pool or for clay on the perimeter and especially Utah. I mean, again, we know the classic go bear roasting is coming. I, sh- I think we kind of hopefully realize at this point, it's not go bear messing up. It's the other kooks in that team, unfortunately who can't guard anybody, but uh, I, I've been pool is cooking Mikhail bridges these days. You know what I mean? I'm not, he, no one, no one on Utah or, uh, or Denver scares me that way. So that's kind of the biggest thing where it's like, again, I can't say enough. They are somehow even at three or four, probably in a better position than two or three, or I think two or three or one or two, pardon me, because Denver, Denver jazz, just either one, give it to me. Let's, let's get it done. I think five, six games, um, assuming the Warriors going healthy, but I do want to ask you guys, um, there's always a slight chance, right. That, uh, injury reports don't, don't end up going the way they're supposed to. Let's say Steph's out for the first two games of the first round. Can the Warriors still pull out a series here? So yeah, I think for sure they can. And I think when you look at both of these teams, I agree with you hundred percent, Matt, that they just don't have the kind of perimeter defense that you need to deal with Steph. I don't think they have the kind of perimeter defense to deal with Jordan Poole or mm-hmm. even Clay Thompson, you know, like we saw that he just ate up the jazz. Like he got whatever he wanted because like, you know, I want to like frame this correctly too, because there's been so much talk about the jazz and like every time you watch them, it's like, okay, they're throwing Rudy in the deep drop and they're putting the, this guy like, you know, usually Mike Conley to deal basically two V one with like a dribble handoff or a screen action. And he's just not going to win. And like, they refuse to let go bear play higher, even though he can like their possessions where they'll just throw him at the level. And, you know, Jordan Poole can like beat him cleanly but then you try to go for a layup and he just, you know, eats it. Like it's no problem for him. So like, I think that's the reason I lean towards the jazz because I think you have two coaches there who are both pretty rigid in what they want to do and almost to a fault. I mean, we saw like Quince, Quinn Snyder just wrote like a 3000 word essay on like why everything is okay, which is, usually a great sign um i'm glad i'm glad steve kerr has never gotten to like that depth of insanity but uh i think looking at a team like the jazz like if they're going to be so locked into like this is the way we do things the warriors eat up against the way that they do things and i think the nuggets have enough thing like you know Jokic, i agree like one star versus two but i think the magnitude of that star is so crazy. Like he'd be the best player in the series, whether or not Steph is healthy, like no matter how healthy Steph is, Jokic will probably outplay him because that's just how good he is right now. There is no, there is nothing. There is nothing anybody can do ever. No, you can't, you can't can't make him uncomfortable. You cannot make the guy uncomfortable. And he's going to, he's going to get his numbers and he's not, he's going to do it efficiently every single game. And he's going to tire the hell out of you. But I have two words for us. Kavon Looney. All right. <laughs> hey, man. That's stopper right there. Stopper like, right there. Kavon is, you know, as good a, like, mediocre body. I don't mean that, like, you know, like, for what they pay him. You know, it's like they're just, like. You got me checking my belly, Charlie. The Warriors just kind of, like, punt the center position traditionally. And, like, they, like, rely on, like, belly season. crappier, lower-paid guys to, like, pick up the minutes there like they want to win on the perimeter and i think that's why i lean more towards the jazz matchup but against the nuggets specifically i think you will get a team that's like built the same where you know Jokic is holding his own defensively like he does some things that are pretty good and aaron gordon is a very very good defender i like a lot with what he does but the Warriors are only counting on getting like 10 points per game out of Draymond and Looney because they're screening, they're passing, they're rebounding, they're defending, like they're focused on other things. And then on the perimeter, you have like Will Barton, Bryn Forbes, Monte Morris, uh, Faku. Like, I mean, trying to defend Jordan Poole, who is as hot as can be right now, 
and Clay Thompson, who seems to be like sort of picking up that variability that I think could be good for this team where it's like, Hey, he might go like one of 10 from three and really like sink you a bit, but he might get seven of nine and like win the game for you just by like making shots that are impossible to defend. And you might, might go two of nine, one game. And just by the pure nature of being on the court, he, he just clay is like staff in an underrated way. Just that in him being there, is such a gravitational force for defense. And I trust when it comes, push comes to shove. If you're going to double Steph and clay ends up being the release at the end of, you know, Draymond's pass, or just, uh, we've seen that, that we've seen clay set in the screen a little bit recently. I, I give me the open clay three. I don't care. It'll, it'll come. There was one, like one play in particular I saw where I was like, okay, like I'm seeing now that he's starting to like feel it, feel it again where, you know, we talked about, like, the Jazz having that, like, Rudy's in drop, we're not bringing a double, one guy's trying to get around this screen, good luck. When Clay was destroying them, they decided, with Hassan Whiteside in the game, like, okay, when Draymond screens for Clay, like, we're rushing two to the ball, Hassan's going to rotate over onto Draymond and, like, play up high on him. And then Clay just goes, all right, pass it over to the top to Draymond. Otto Porter had already cut back door, like passes it into him. Jordan Clarkson's on him because of the way they rotated. And he has to like foul the hell out of him. So like, that's the thing to me where I'm like, okay, they're specifically changing the defense to try to stop him. And he just said, nope, pass. <laughs> Someone else got it because that's, his, that's what this team does. They're just looking for the better shot. And I, there's just so many uh, weapons with the, this Warriors offense. And I think uh, these last couple of games, especially, we've seen them start to hit these shots that they've been missing. And I feel like we've said this over and over again, that it, it boils down to them. They're creating looks. It's, it's converting them. And we've seen them do this down like the last game and a half. And, you know, if, if they're able to do that, like there's no one, um, there's no one that I think that they can, uh, that I don't think there's uh, Utah or Denver, regardless um, is going to be a, uh, uh, you can they can beat him without Steph. Um, per your original question, that I think Charlie, you bring up an interesting point. I think that uh, like Utah, the only thing that like doesn't, I feel like just the Warriors kind of have some ownage in Utah's uh, uh, Utah's um, head, I guess. Just which just with the way they played them with like prior playoff series, and just with the fact that the Jazz know that. You know the Warriors are going to eat on the perimeter when or when they're there, and it's just a matter of can they make sure that they're not they're not hot. So, um, yeah, I mean, either way, I think uh, without Steph, uh, it should be fine. But you add Steph back in, man, you get Steph, Clay, Jordan Poole, Draymond Green. I'm taking those four over any any one star, uh, Jokic, uh, whoever it is. Um, you know, Embiid uh, or not Embiid, Gobert and uh, Mitchell. So, um, you know, give me those four and uh, let's, let's, let's put the balls out. So, I think this Chuck go. Yeah, feeling pretty good. Like overall, I'm overall, sure. yeah, like, totally chill. I don't I mean, think, I think the first round should be that much of a hassle. But I, mean, I think it'll like. I think definitely. I'm, I'm more worried about the Utah hassle because I think there's just going to be a couple games where it's just like, man, we did everything. Yeah, right. they'll take six, put up 45 six games, but they made 18 threes. Basically, is what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's the, how the playoffs goes. You know, it's like well, exactly. I mean, like, it's not, you yeah. can do that with every game. But like unless you're the 2017 Warriors, I mean you're gonna you're gonna have some tough games out there. But um the best thing that can happen before that series, it won't happen because I don't think the awards get released in time. But the best thing that could happen is Gobert winning uh defensive player of the year <laughs> before that series starts and Draymond <laughs> just coming out with, you know, just two revolvers in his vengeance. hands with a with a French engraving on him, man. You know what I mean? Draymond but, uh, would just he did he would do him like he did Porzingis in the Washington game where he fantastic. just like He's just like, I'm just going to punch him in the back of the head. Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't like this guy. Like, bam. <laughs> I think, I think underrated about this stretch, the Warriors, I mean, we're going to, we have excitement for, for good reason. There's good things to come. And I think that also shows, you know, um, just, we understand this team is what it is about Steph. that they're, they're three and 10, their last 13 or something. But there's a ton of reasons for optimism, but having clay and pool, be in a position where they need to create offense is a good thing, I think, for this stretch because, again, we know how teams play Steph in the postseason, um, and it's gonna—that's not gonna stop. 
that's not going to stop. And those two guys are going to have to produce and them being in this position where the attention's all on them is only going to make it more natural for them to score when the attention's all on Steph. So I think we're in a good spot. Um, you know, on the end of either of those teams, is he going to come to kind of Goliath at this point, right? We got Phoenix and Memphis um, as the one, two seed locked up. Uh, Memphis has been like 2016 Lots Warriors, out. 96 Bulls, you know, I think 83 or 84 Celtics. They don't lose when Jaw doesn't play. Um, Jaw is also currently out. I don't know what's going on with the knee. I don't even know what happened originally. Um, and Phoenix is Phoenix, right? They no Chris Paul, no Booker, whatever's going on. They're probably going to get a dub. So uh, looking, you know, past the first round uh, with optimism, do you guys have a certain out of those two teams? Who's the, who's the more fearsome opponent? Who's the team you want out of those two? Uh, give me Memphis like 11 out of 10 times yeah. because Phoenix is a goddamn buzzsaw. Like they're just like, like the way that they design stuff. And like, I really like, I really like how the Grizzlies like run everything. And it's not like, this is just like two really tough choices, but the way that the Suns run everything offensively is so designed on they like, it's predicated on the fact that like, you probably know what we're going to do. And it all comes from like a lot of really simple stuff, but they're trying to beat you with all the secondary stuff. So like Chris Paul was so good at being like, Oh, I'm just, you know, look at me just running a little pick and roll, like no big deal. Something weird's going on over in the corner. And then suddenly like you have a cutter going back door and he's like the whole defense is just thrown because they've cut off the primary thing. And now the secondary action has completely destroyed them. And that's what you need in the playoffs. Like they're going to shut down your first option. They're going to try to shut down your second option and I don't want to face the team that is like night to night comfortable burying everyone on like their second or third options or their fourth because they can just flow the ball around endlessly. Because our and, fourth option, Charlie, is Andrew Wiggins. That's actually why. Well, see, I don't even mean like <laughs> – no, that's fair. But like I don't even mean like option, you know, like player-wise. Like when they set up the play, it's like, okay, we're going into this. Look. Yeah, we're doing – it could be four – different looks for Devin Booker, you know, like who knows, but like the way that they run it is so crazy. Cause it could be like, Oh look, Mikhail Bridges is running like the cross screens that like the Warriors run for Wiggins yep. and he's getting like a look right in the paint and he's got really weird arms and coordination. So he can do this little like righty floater falling away from the basket. Like I don't want to face that. And on top of that, they're an incredibly solid defensive team. So I would much rather have Memphis because I think that there's a lot of questions about how they get it done in the half court, uh, especially when those possessions ramp up as transition goes down. Um, I think, I think that gets a little iffy. I don't know where the holes are with Phoenix that you can actually like exploit. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, Charlie. I want, I want Memphis. Um, and I, for all the reasons you said, obviously, but I just think Memphis being such a young team and the Warriors, you know, knock on wood, we'll be entering kind of, you know, the second series that they, they'll be all healthy. So you're figuring out against a solid young team. But um, I think the Warriors just have the experience. Um, they'll be able to get it done, um, win a game on the road. And I think that's a very underrated aspect about, you know, w- winning in the playoffs is winning on the road. And I'm not saying that the Grizzlies haven't shown that they can't do that in the regular season. But for a young team to come into chase that we've seen is, is a lot. I feel like I like the Warriors' chances um, just protecting that. So, um for the, for that, and it just feels like, and this has nothing to do like with any like looking at basketball or anything like that. Just as a storyline, I feel like Warriors Suns Conference Finals has kind of been a collision course, and kind of like that like Rockets uh, Warriors matchup back in twenty twenty eighteen. Um, that seven game just you know brutal uh, brutal series that you know could have gone either way. Um, but you know, and it kind of felt the similar way where we're in like the Warriors kind of felt they were they were the two seed or the lower seed that that year, but. You felt like, you know, if push comes to shove, the Warriors can't take them um, when that series, regardless of where it goes. And I have that same thing with the Suns. Um, it uh, it feels like, you know, it's going to be a dogfight. As you said, Charlie, they're, they're really a machine. They're a well-oiled machine that is on a, uh, is on a mission to win this championship. But um, I just think the Warriors overall are a more sound team. And when everything's – and this is all obviously contingent on, on health, but I just think that collision course of – Warriors versus Suns has kind of been that narrative all season. And 
I want to see that happen. So I, I would, I'm, I think playing the Grizzlies in the second round would just prepare the Warriors even more um, for that, you know, ultimate matchup with the Suns. So um, give me, give me, give me Memphis round two. I hear you both. I, I can't decide. Um, I honestly think I tend to lean Phoenix round two. And there's a few reasons for this. First of all, uh, Booker does not play well against Golden State. He's not played well against them all year. Um, and I, I don't think that's by happenstance. I think it's because the Warriors play him really well. Even Clay the other day, Clay had a really good defensive evening on Booker in that close game. Gary Payton obviously is who he is. Wiggins randomly is actually really good against that team. Um, and I think when push comes to shove, you know, that offense, that, that Phoenix offense comes down to their mid-range shooting. It's not a secret, right? I think they're one of the least prolific three-point shooting teams in the league. I think they're 20, bottom, bottom five in three-pointers attempted. And that's not, that's obviously not a bad thing, right? Especially when you have, when you have the guys like CP and Booker that they have, that's fantastic. But I think when you have the guard defenders that the Warriors have and the wing defense, even if they need to go, you know, deep with Andre and, uh, and Kaminga, and of course, Wiggins, right? I think they have the guys to make it hard. And they have traditionally throughout the four games they've played this year, uh, made it hard. So I think the Warriors match up well with Phoenix. And I think the reason that I also would probably go for Phoenix in that second round, now that I, just, I should probably just say that out loud, right? Is that I think there's probably a more likely scenario that Memphis gets knocked off in the second round against Dallas. And so, and I think that Golden State in a Western Conference Finals when in a Western Conference Finals versus Dallas, I don't know. You know, I don't know who would pick Dallas in that series if the Warriors are healthy coming off a series against Phoenix. You know, and I think out of the two teams, I don't see Phoenix losing to anybody else besides Golden State in general. And I think they're if you can get in the first round, Denver or Utah, that's a good series for Golden State, the Golden State. That's a good series for the Warriors. Pardon me. Um, that's a, uh, if you can beat Phoenix in the second round. Fantastic. And you can somehow turn this into a series where or a playoffs where you end up with Dallas in that final round, which again, that's kind of my prediction to be honest. We'll get there in a second. But um, my prediction is that if I think the Warriors do end up at four, and I think that, that uh, Memphis loses to Dallas in the second round, I think we get a, a golden state mm-hmm. uh, Dallas Mavericks Western conference finals. You know, I think very, very rarely do things turn out the way we want them to Goff might totally get it, man. Like that'd be, that'd be hey, legendary I'm down for that story, too, storybook ending. No, for sure. But you think back to, you know, the LA, LA battle, a hill Western conference finals, for sure. You think back to, you know, whatever it might be in Miami in those days and Brooklyn and all these things. Right. Things just don't work out the way you expect them to. And I think this is my prediction that things not working out the way that we expect them to. But um, as far as predictions go, uh, I'm predicting a really awesome ad from Anchor in the next 10 seconds or so. So we're going to take a quick break. And after that, we're going to hear from Chuck and Gotham about what they, uh, what they think is going to happen in these playoffs before we talk about some of our guy, Jordan Poole. See you guys. Matt, thank you so much, man. Again, another episode, another beautiful anchor, uh, anchor shout out. Anchor, hit us with that check. I don't know if we're like when we uh, if it's that deposit of Venmo, we don't know. We'll reach out to we'll reach, reach out to you guys. But uh back to uh back to our regularly scheduled program. Um before that beautiful, uh beautiful transition, Matt gave us his prediction for what was gonna happen. Charlie, um lay it on us, man, before we jump into uh Jordan Poole and uh, everything else. What's uh what's your prediction to close off the segment earlier? Yeah, so I think I said earlier, I kind of feel like Mavs win out their last two, Portland and San Antonio. I kind of feel like the Warriors drop one of these last ones. So tiebreaker, tie goes to the Mavericks. Warriors go to four. I think they're probably still going to play Utah. Like Utah's putting 30, like up 30 on the Thunder right now in the fourth. Um. Like, they might lose to Phoenix, but, like, Phoenix also might choose to, like, sort of play it a little soft. I don't know. Like, they might – maybe Phoenix tries to get a little creative, and they're like, ah, oh, we, we know we can kill the Jazz if they beat the Warriors. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they can start to, like, play around with that a little bit, um, depending on who they like. But I kind of feel like Utah squeezes it, and – I got Warriors in six on that one. Like, I think it'll be a tougher series than people give Utah credit for because Donovan Mitchell is not exactly like huge playoff performer, but I think Gobert can still swing a game or two. And Probably he scored 50 fucking points in the bubble <laughs> three years ago, man. Dude, the bubble didn't happen. 
like as far as like that that was open gym bro that was open gym so much stuff happened there that just like shouldn't have like anthony davis turned into kevin durant and then turned back into anthony davis (laughs) afterwards like jamal murray scored what like an equal amount of 50 point games so that whole thing was just absolutely whacked out (laughs) but uh yeah, like I still think Warriors, Utah in six. And I think that ends up with them playing Phoenix. So I don't know, man. Like, I think if Steph's if Steph's back and healthy and like into his normal minutes for that series, I think Warriors give him seven. I think the Suns pull it out, but I do think that one goes the distance. Cause like I mean, dude, the Suns are just, they're just so good, man. Like, I don't know. Like, it's hard to, like, I see i see the Warriors getting as close to any team as beating them. You know, like, I think we'll look back and, like, like, my prediction is, like, even if they lose to Phoenix, like, they're going to look back and be like, all right, well, they rolled whoever got to the conference finals. And then I think they're, I think if they get to play Milwaukee again, I think they get the better of them this time. So, I think if you're the Warriors, you're looking and feeling like, all right, hey, look, like we went toe-to-toe with the team that I think is going to win the championship. So when you come back the next year with the year nine Wiggins, like, <laughs> you know. No, you don't come back next year with the right. Wiggins, uh, but that's for a later, later LeBron James. So you think, you do think, though, that Phoenix wins it all. Like you think even against Milwaukee in a rematch, Phoenix takes it? I think so. Like, I think – some of the shine has sort of come off Milwaukee with Chris Middleton, like not quite hitting that level of creation he used to get. Like they're not kind of getting that, that contribution on both ends of the floor from like the perimeter guys. Brooke Lopez is just a big question mark, even though he's back, like he's still not fully himself. It seems and like Giannis is Giannis, you know, Drew Holiday is incredible, but he's also like a very limited offensive player. So I, you know, I have my questions about them and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see, like it wouldn't surprise me to see like a Philly come out of the East somehow, as much as I hate the thought of that, like Joel Embiid and Harden is just a lot to overcome. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. If either of two of the most dishonest basketball players of this generation won a title this year, and that was the only option I had left, I actually might not watch. If it was Harden versus Chris Paul in the finals, and I had to watch a rip through and then a flail on the next. The worst part is, I would love to see Devin Booker and Joel Embiid like get away, which would be. I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah, I just don't. I don't want that to happen. That would be the most (laughs) beautiful. No, that's a good call though. I don't I don't see Philly coming out, but I, I can see why you might think that. That also might just be my my bias towards or against, pardon me, those those two guys. Um I just can't I'm sorry. I think there's a I believe in the basketball gods, and I don't think Chris Paul is destined to win a title. I don't think you can do the things he does and win championships. Yeah. And I will stand by that until it happens. Um same for James Harden. I don't think those guys end up winning one. There's nothing logical about what I'm saying. It is it is totally absent in my Matt, thoughts in general, but especially right now. I can respect that. I am so happy you brought up the basketball gods because this goes into my uh, prediction. And this is something you guys believe me or not. And I I would swear on my mom's life that this is very true. But you got to do that. It's okay. Every, every, <laughs> especially that, those five, that five-year run, every year, like I had a gut feeling. If like once the playoffs came around, I had a feeling if we'd win it. And 2015, Swear to God, felt like it was that. It felt like the that, that felt like a good year. Like we felt like going in, felt like ours would lose. Won it. Twenty sixteen. I shit you guys not. I, I like as good as it felt. I it, even after being the Thunder, I was like, I don't know, man. It feels too good to be true. Didn't win. Whatever. Seventeen, eighteen, kind of felt like shoe wins. Nineteen again had that feeling. I'm telling you, I sort like that's why I've been so optimistic this season. And this, I'm, I'm testing out my own theory, and this is. And I like I'm telling you, it's basketball thing, but I just think that what the Warriors um, represent and like to this era of basketball, I think this playoff series, this playoffs is going to really define this generation, this era of basketball that we've kind of morphed into. Like who who's going to win? There's a lot of teams out there. I'm not disputing that it's a shoe in that the Warriors are going to win. That they are. I'm not proclaiming a championship, but 
for the team that changed the way basketball is played. Um, you've got Steph Clay, Draymond coming back after two and a half, whatever years, having played 11 minutes together in the regular season, unleashed. Um, you got the rise of Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins. It feels like that. It just feels like, you know, the, the Warriors are you're setting the stage for one of the greatest dynasties in NBA history. That core to now take that to and you now you just got to win in the playoffs, which I think we can all agree on that if you're going to take anyone, I take Steph, Clay, Draymond, just with the experience that these guys have. That being said, my prediction for how it all plays out, I think the Warriors get the three seed. Like I said earlier, I think we do end up playing Denver. I think we win that one in five. Play Memphis. Um, you know, the Timberwolves are fun. I I, I would not – I'm not going to say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict an upset, but – I think that that's going to be a tough series for Memphis. Um, I think Minnesota's offense, um, when it clicks, is amazing. Cat, uh, D'Lo, Anthony Edwards, they just have guys, Malik Beasley, just guys who can hit shots. And um, if they hit shots, there's, we've seen it with the Warriors' Timberwolves games this year. Like, there's there's just some, sometimes there's nothing you can do. And I, I think Minnesota is that kind of that equal, like, young team that the Grizzlies are. Um, so I think it's going to be a battle of those young guys. And, I think it's going to take a lot out of whoever wins. And, and I think Memphis pulls out in that one, but it's going to be a much harder series. So Warriors get in the second round. I'd say Dubs in six. If it goes seven, um, I'd still take the Warriors. I just think, like I said, our experience brings us to that conference finals against the Suns. Uh, and I think, like you said, Charlie, I think seeing the Suns in the second round, um, I think if the Warriors see the Suns in the second round, um, they they might they they might push it to seven, whatever. But they lose that series. I think seeing them in the conference finals, just having them go through two series, um, especially you know, hopefully yeah, it's the Clippers that they go up against a team that um, you know getting healthy again. Um, don't know what they can be. Going to be a tough fight. And then maybe the Mavericks go against the, the Suns um, if, if that's how it all plays out. So never like you're going to get the Suns after two battle tested series. And, and that is just a war of attrition. And again, I'm riding with Steph, Clay, Draymond. So um, Jordan Poole, those guys, I, I really don't think there's a four, four guys on this team more that, uh, or in the league that I would, that like, I'd want on my team. So Steph, or obviously uh, MVPs and all, but I think that core four that they have is, is very solid, can win you championship. I don't know who's going to come out the East. I'm not going to, I'm not going to waste you guys time trying to bullshit that prediction, but whoever comes out the East, I think those guys, but it just feels like it, it's the return of 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 the team that kind of shaped this era, and that's kind of what this, this article was all my thoughts after that Jazz game. But something clicked after that, and it felt it just feels right, man. I think we're bringing it, it home and bringing it back. The article's got to be called well, Gotham's, the, Gotham's Gut. And every, it's gonna every, be it's gonna be life inside <laughs> the head of a homer, man. Like, it's, a, it's a it's a true gut check. Like it's a it's, 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 it's a true fan take, and I'm if it works, if it if it plays out like that, I'll be the happiest guy in the world. If it doesn't play out like that, I'll know fuck my gut. But if, they, if, if they it plays out like it, that, man, I'm I'm just asking you. I, the, if like, the Warriors win next season, how are you feeling, man? And my life savings is going. I'm telling you, bro. It's 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 as the playoffs start. Like I'm. After that Jazz game, I, I I think I tweeted it out too. I was like, I've seen enough. I think this team has it all to win a championship, and this was with that step. So I have a very good feeling about this team. Um, that being said, you know, if it doesn't work out like that, it's going to be heartbreaking. But um, I, genuinely, I think that they're just um, they're coming together at the right time. Um, getting back Steph Curry, um, healthy, um, got some gotten some nice rest. So um, I I really I really do think that uh, this this is the year, man. We uh, we claim the throne. So among the guys you mentioned there was a young man called Jordan Poole. Yes. Uh, Jordan Poole, who I, I think has stones unlike any other in the league. Uh, he's been on an absolute tear in March. We have some numbers pulled up for the last 15 games, different than the March numbers. I have those pulled up elsewhere because I kind of goofed that up earlier. But he's been putting up uh, 18.6 points a game on 48% shooting and 44% from three on 10 attempts a game, which is just absolutely bananas. Um, for the month of March, he averaged 25 on actually more efficient shooting numbers, which is somehow, I don't even, what's going on here. I'm not sure. But after watching that month, and it should be noted as well, the Warriors, they did lose most of the games that month, but the only reason they had any chance in a lot of those games, uh, at least as far as putting up points goes, was because Jordan Poole was was and has been and continues to play out of his mind. So given, given all that, and Chuck has some more numbers for us to share in a second, but um, 
Shaq, I'm gonna let you fire off with those numbers and then share, please, man. Are are you has your have your thoughts on this guy changed in the last six weeks? So I think they have for a couple of reasons. Um, the first I wanted to highlight was like just the three point volume. I think like we kind of saw like, you know, early on the results kind of said like, okay, this guy is like a pretty good shooter, like one who can create too, but it seems like the drive and the downhill game was really there before and he would default to the perimeter stuff, but we all knew he was explosive at getting to the rim and now you're seeing him put up like 10, like 10 threes a game is like elite three point volume, like to begin with. And that's kind of an underrated thing is like being able to have that on your plate and to hit 44% of them, no less is wild. I mean, that for any sort of sustained period, especially this long is pretty nuts. And the second point was like, I think that the thing we've really searched for with pool for so long is just the game to game consistency and rookie season, like nothing to speak of. Uh, he had three 20 point games, not ideal. Uh, couldn't string any of them together. And, you know, little time in the G league, like he spent in the next season. Um, but you see, like out of 57 games. So, you know, these 20 point games just kind of random in between whenever uh, that sophomore season, he was able to string together consecutive 20 point games three times. So you're seeing a little more like, okay, like he can, he can sort of pile it up a bit. Uh, one in every six games, he's getting to that 20 mark. So starting to see a little more development as a scorer. And now we're up to this year where he has been able to do it six different times, stringing them together, including the current 20 games. I mean, 17 games we're on, sorry. Uh, 20 comes a few games from now. But he's probably getting there tonight against the Lakers. It's just been an absurd consistency. Um, He's now getting 45% of his games. He gets to 20 points. That's just... That's just been the most mind-blowing development to me is going from a guy who you didn't know what you were going to get to a nightly basis to just 20, 20, 20, 30, 20, 30, 30, 20. Like this run he's been on has just like, was not something that I thought was possible for him a year ago. So that's the thing to me where I'm just like, like, I think, I think there's sort of guys where I, I like to call it, you know, sort of like the hands-off mode where you just like, you look at a guy who's developing and you're like, all right, like I've run out of expectations or like limits I can put on what I think of this guy. So we're just seeing what happens. And that's where I'm at with Jordan Poole. Cause like, I really just, I keep thinking he's going to like have limitations and then he doesn't offensively. So that's just kind of where I'm at with him. Like, I just think yeah. this guy is the limit for as hard as he works. I think that's kind of the big thing is that just, first of all, all of it's insane. It is nuts. I mean, again, just the, you just don't see it. We were talking off the pot about it for a brief moment. Like this guy used to like, he used to suck. Like, he was really, he was borderline hopelessly bad his rookie year. Like there was a lot of like, dude, this, this kid can't do a whole lot of anything, you know? Uh, but the thing that always showed out, especially in that rookie year, was he never stopped shooting the ball, you know? And that's that mindset seems to have carried him really far. Um, and Charlie, it sounds like, and again, you're saying there's the sky's the limit. Do you mean that? Like, do you think the sky's the limit, or would you cap him? Is there a curtain player right now where you'd say he could become this, or do you not even want to do that? That's what I'm saying. Is like, if I feel like if I do Steph that, Curry. Steph Curry, he's like. I mean, you can go there, you know, if you want I'm, the greatest I'm, shooter. I'll let Matt go first, but I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I got, actually, fuck it, I'll just go right now. Um, <laughs> no, I, so I, I agree. I think six weeks ago, I think I saw Jordan Poole as um, definitely an asset. Um, like you said, Charlie, just the consistency. Um, we've been seeing it, you know, the, throughout the season, but, you know, with his role being shifted here and there, um, just uh, playing time here, uh, like he had, he went through those, those struggles in the middle part of the season, but, um, like just what we've seen in the last, especially this last what, 20, 17 game stretch, 20 game stretch. Um, 
just the consistency, the way he's carried the offense on on his shoulders, um, kind of put the team on his back. And like you said, like the Warriors lost a lot of those games, but the reason that they were competitive was because Jordan Poole was acting as the de facto Steph Curry, because uh, especially the last whatever games, it's been with Steph out. Um, and for him to also be able to put up points when Steph's on the court, I think that um, he's just learning to play off the ball so well. His first step's incredible. Um, and like you said, Matt, at the beginning of, the, of this of this of this topic, but um, the guy's got balls of steel, bro. Like this motherfucker has no—he's not scared of the moment. He he thrives in games where the Warriors are down. We saw that in that Jazz game. Him and Clay kind of just tearing the team. Um, and the way he just run this team, you know, obviously with Draymond, Clay, and Looney, and guys that you know, veteran guys out there. But you, you these guys trust him to have the ball in his hands. You said you heard Clay say he's one of the best players that he's seen with the ball in his hands. And for Jordan to now learn how to play off the ball like Steph, I genuinely think, like, I'm not saying he's going to be the greatest shooter of all time or, um, you know, win back-to-back MVPs or whatever. Steph's had an incredible career. But in the current landscape of the NBA, he's the closest young, like, comparison to Steph Curry. I, I think the Trey Young one's a little kind of a cliche. Um, and there's no other real guard that plays off the ball and on the ball so incredibly well. And, Jordan's playing great defense now as well. So I think um, you've gone from having somebody who can go from being to being an X factor to like, this guy can win you a championship. And if, if he has those three other guys around him, like he, it's going to be open season for Jordan Poole. So I'm excited to see him continue this breakout in the playoffs. Cause I think that um, it's, it's going to be huge. So um, we got the next, we got the next Steph Curry with the current Steph Curry. So that's, that's, that's my Jordan Poole take. Steph is also, he's one of those guys that's always like broken. Um, he's been like, he just breaks points per possession as a guard oh, at a ridiculous rate. Like, yeah. Like per 75 this year, he's pretty close to, he's around 27 uh, per seven, like per that just gives like pretty close adjustment to like full game sans garbage time. But like Jordan pools at 23, like there he is. Steph Curry's not having like his best season, but like you know, still having. Great and, and last last year, Steph at like his all time best was at thirty three points per seventy five. But that just sort of gives you that framework for like the ceilings that Steph hits. Like, I don't see why Poole can't get towards like twenty seven, twenty eight on that spectrum because he's taking the efficiency he's already had. Well, I mean the volume, like the amount of creation he's doing and now he's just like refining it and he's starting to like get better at it. He's like, okay, I can do all these things whenever I want. Now, how can I do them at a better level? And, and, I, and I, yeah, sorry, and sorry, I cut you off Chuck, but like, I th- also think like with that, like Steph comparison, what Steph, you know, has in shooting and, or like com- or compared to Jordan, I think he makes up for that with his athleticism. I think he's much more athletic guard than Steph. And, you know, with that handle that he has, you know, there's there's really no like, and we've seen it like with Steph out, Jordan Poole in in this system has thrived. Obviously, with his play, but he's been he's in the right positions and you know running Ralph off screens and coming off moving the ball at the right spot. So I, I don't see why there's not there, we never know if there's going to be another Steph Curry, but I I would like to see here somebody come up with a player other than Jordan Poole who you know kind of like does a, a holistic thing of what Steph does on and off the ball. I love it both. I, I think I we hear a lot of like the we saw the graphic the other day, right? Jamal Murray and Jordan Poole's numbers are super similar. They don't play that similarly. They just they don't. Um, it's a it's a different ball game. And again, I said this a while ago. He still reminds me of Kyrie a lot in the way he plays and just the way he moves and how shifty he is and how clever he is with his handle and around the basket, especially the guy's a freak around the basket and he's shooting like sixty five percent of the rim or something ridiculous like that for a guard, which is just. That's bananas. Um, I don't think we could put a ceiling on this anymore. And I don't think I want to. And I think there's, there's a lot to be lost if you don't consider that this guy is playing with the two most confident shooters ever. And I think, you know, it's hard at a certain level. You're so good at something that it's hard to compare greatness. You know, it's hard to compare. We have this Steph Clay debate. Who's the best shooter. Right. Um, and I've, people probably roll with Steph most of the time, but no one's going to shoot you for choosing Clay. Um, being surrounded by that as a young player and already having confidence in your jumper like that and already kind of like 
just you're just absorbing that. And you see him absorbing these things. You see all of the his release is so fast. He's not afraid to take any shot. He will shoot from 35. He's not afraid to take the half court shot to mess up his percentages. Um, he's fearless. He's like absolutely a fearless basketball player. He's not, I mean that in terms of physicality, no one, no one throws him off. He gets hit all the time. The guy we've talked about it before seems to love just eating shit. Like it's his job. Like he will, he will just hit the deck. Like nobody in the world, like, like prime D Wade was hitting the deck less often than Jordan Poole is right now. Um, I, I agree. The sky's the limit. I'm not going to keep doing the, uh, I'm not going to keep doing the Jordan Poole could be this Jordan Poole could be that. I think the Warriors though, it's funny because there's a lot of like who's the Warriors have the Spurs model in mind all the time, right? They're always talking about, or they're always being mentioned as having the Spurs model, I should say. And a big part of that Spurs model was Kawhi Leonard. And I think people have tended to look at James Wiseman as that potential link or Kaminga as that potential link. But the closest proxy for Kawhi in this case is, is Poole because he, he actually is a transition piece. Like he actually is, of an age and production wise, a guy who is going to contribute to this team winning right now. And if, if they are smart enough to keep him around for the next decade and he, if, if anybody in this roster makes that Spurs like vision happen, it's not going to be the younger guys like Kaminga. And it's not to say Kaminga is not going to be awesome or isn't already awesome. It's that Jordan Poole right now is incredible. And he's playing at an all-star level when the Warriors need him most too. So let me just throw one more little Jordan pools that just to give you an idea of why I just threw out this. I don't want to put limits on him anymore. The guys who can match his number of minutes this season, just total minutes to get it like a good sample size in there, his total usage rate and his points, per sh- his points per shot attempted. You're looking at Trey young, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Steph Curry. He's like he's he's shown that he's that caliber of a guard though. Like he's it's not again. Like, I'm saying I'm done trying to be like, oh, can he be Steph? There's no reason why not. Whatever the hell he wants, man. He's, he's like, the next Jordan Poole, man. This dude. It, that's how talented he is. And I like how you I like how you brought up uh, I like how you brought up Kawhi, Matt, because it really kind of it says to say because that that's really what the team was looking for, you know, with this whole young old kind of mesh and. Um, obviously for this to fully work out it's a championship, but you know, the pieces are there not just for, like you said, not just for this year, but down the, down the line, man. Like, obviously I think the Jordan Poole has played himself into like must keep conversation. I, I don't know if it's really a debate anymore, whether you're keeping him or, or Wiggins. And obviously that's something we get down the road. Um, so for another episode, but, um, I think we don't, that, I'm going to say right now, we don't need to have that episode. That episode yeah, is yeah, not uh, coming out. It will not be happening. There's um, no, there's I, I no, think Jordan Poole is, is, he's the guy to keep. Um, he's proven that. And um, he, he's that cornerstone for this young movement, man. We got some young guys. Obviously, you know, the whole Wiseman thing, we'll see how that works out. But, you know, you got Kuminga, you got Moody, you got Jordan Poole. Um, so the, the foundation for that next generation of, of Warriors, you know, basketball is there. And, um, yeah, Jordan Poole has no ceiling on him, man. It's, it's insane what he can accomplish with just the situation he's in and um, the way he's producing. And I, I don't think anybody can sleep on it anymore. Charlie, I was trying so hard earlier to combine those stats, usage, minutes, and all that to figure this out. Right for the pod started, man, I was like, I'm sorry, I can't figure this out right now. And you pulled it out just now, and my heart just jumped through my mouth, man. I'm thrilled. That was awesome, dude. Kyrie, Harden, Steph, and uh, Trey, that's those are the elite list. guards in the game. Um, you mentioned just now, Gotham, you mentioned uh, Poole, Kaminga, Wiseman, Moody, the next generation. Would you sacrifice all of that to get LeBron James on the Lakers? Or pardon <laughs> me, LeBron James on the Warriors next year? Hey, man. Uh, no, of course not. The only way LeBron James, um, I would welcome him here is um, I didn't even think about the fans. Charlie, you brought that up, and that was a great point. Um, LeBron fans, I – a lot of Doug, I mean, Doug Warriors Twitter already is a pretty toxic place. And it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of people you just, are, like, what so just a little background today or last night. I don't know when the Bronx shows from that show comes out, but I don't think any of us watch it. But, uh, he said that if there was any player he could play with right now, or who he, that's who he wants to play with. He said he wants to play with Steph Curry. Um, Twitter's gotten a lot of reaction out of it. Steph has since responded. Um, 
with some, you know, kind of comedy. He kind of laughed it off and said he's okay right now, basically. And but yeah, we just I want think, to discuss for a minute, basically, what's what's the what's the likelihood here? What would it take? I don't when, think when it's would happening. You be, when would you yeah. be okay with it? What would it take for you to be okay with it? All that good stuff. So, Gotham, fire it off, man. What are you thinking? Warrior, you know, if the Warriors draft Bronny James um, in the second round, first round, whatever it is, and LeBron wants to sign for the vet minimum or without Bronny, hey, like either way, if LeBron wants to come here, objectively as the basketball fan, I think Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, LeBron James, that team's winning a championship. Um, realistically, do I think that happens? I think that. Steph Curry and LeBron James are two insane competitors, and I don't see them uh, wanting to team up uh, just late in their career. I think it would be great for basketball. Um, I, at least, um, yeah, I think it would be great for basketball. But um, I just, I don't think I could uh, deal with um, the Bron, the Bron sexuals, is that what they're called, and then um, just uh, the LeBron, uh, just. GM stuff and all this, the whirlwind. You sound like an care. old person trying to figure I didn't, out like I didn't, modern I didn't sexuality. Call, yeah, man. Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even consider that when I originally made my, I, I wanted to see it for, for the basketball. But um, if you can, if you can make it just the perfect situation where, you know, you're not paying much for LeBron James. Sure. But other than that, you know, uh, one of us is in the playoffs and trying to win another ring with our current team. So have a, have a great, have a great summer LeBron. Um, think about you oh man i so you know like on the basketball point like i'm in on you know like whatever it takes to just get it done fine like you're never gonna have another chance to pair lebron james and steph curry or two players of that like i mean you already did it with steph and kd but like you know do it again like whatever whatever it takes uh and I would also love to see it on the basketball court. But I think the one thing that would overwhelm it is how sickened I would be by just everything around that, man. Like the media talk, the fans, like it's already been tougher. You know, like this is just, you know, it's like easy to come easy to complain when it is like something that stems from like winning but like this is what happens when you have like players like Steph and Clay and whatever and like Draymond that like either really draw people in or like cause controversy like you're just surrounded by that attention and you're also surrounded by really strange fans that can just kind of like come and go and there's no more come and go fan than a LeBron James fan. Uh, they don't even care. Like, they're just openly like, yeah, you know, I go where he goes, like, whatever. Which is insane in my brain. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, do your thing, whatever, whatever you got to do. Uh, but that union just sounds horrible. Of, like, not only not only just, like, the culture around it, but, like, the culture inside it. Where like now you've got clutch, you got the whole clutch. Now you've got rich. Now Rich Paul is in the room. Rich like Paul v Joe Lacob would be a battle I would watch. Dude, on. Rich Paul give me Lego, give me Lego. Is, give me Lego uh, all day, man. You call this team an entertainment company? Like <laughs> I, I, I can't. You can't. You can't. You can't combat. I'm not saying he's wrong, but come on, there's a basketball team over there. Like come on, dude. Um, I will say though, I think it has to happen. If it does happen, like the Warriors have to win a championship with this, like. Without without LeBron, I I, I don't think uh, it's even a question. But um, you just don't. I don't want to hear like, oh, Steph won another championship with another star. It's like, bro, fall off. Like, we get this ring, and then all right, LeBron, you want to join a champion? Sure. Like basketball, only strictly for the basketball. But I agree, Charlie. It's like that uh, the fan base, the toxicness. It's already bad on there, man. Like, um, dude, and you said it too. Like that's that's gonna be the thing that sucks. Is like. I don't really care for like the, oh, you know, what is LeBron at five championships now? Yeah, like, man, I don't give a shit. Like, that's just cool to see. But like, no, like, I don't, I don't care about the whole like, you know, measuring. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. Like, exactly. Like, I do think it would be cool to see Steph and this team go back to like the organic core. Getting exactly, exactly. Exactly. And I don't mean you can't like add these other pieces in, but like, 
LeBron is like that dwarfing presence where like all you would ever hear about is like, oh, LeBron just like came and they just went and, you know, who who wouldn't have like picked them to win it or whatever and like like there was the whole KD the thing. They, like you said it, Charlie. Gotcha. They did it already. They had the whole KD thing. They had, they had like I don't want to do that again. I don't want to do it. I, I it's it like I think a lot of us those those KD year championships. Don't get me wrong. This is a whole other topic, but those felt great. But talking about that first one was just organic. The guys that you've seen, um, and again, no disrespect, to KD. Love you, brother. Um, if you ever listen to this, but uh, no, nah, but I agree with you, man. Just the organicness, and they they have the recipe to do it. Like it is, I'm, I. There's one championship in this team for sure, at least. So I don't want to see him write it up. We called it the game six KD pod. KD yeah, would yeah. listen. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think not is my opinion. Uh, I think it'd be, I mean, basketball wise, Gotham, you said it, man. I mean, it's, you know, the greatest creator of all time with the ball in his hands, with the, the best shooter, best movement shooter ever. You know, all, all those things. You can stick it to all It'd be man. awesome. It'd be all-star fantastic, right? Cool. That's all. Um, it, it might actually be the best on and off ball offensive players of all time. time. Yeah, like, no, it's not. That, that's what it is. Like, it's, that's it. That's that's what happens. <laughs> and and a title, and even then, man, I, I was telling you guys, I was texting my buddy today, he's a big Laker fan, and it's not, It's, it's this is a 37-year-old LeBron who's still one of the best six, seven, eight guys in the league, but he's, he's playing 55 games a year now. You don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. And it's, it's what the, whatever the asking price could be potentially who knows, but I'm not, not even uh, I, I would entertain trading the young guys for Giannis, for Embiid, for, you know, some of those guys who are in the prime of their career and are fantastic. Right. But otherwise we, there's a good thing going right now, you know, and there's also Gotham, you mentioned this about the Katie thing, right. And everyone, appreciates Katie loves Katie for those championships. I shouldn't say everyone. There are people who don't for sure. Right. Um, but the rest of the basketball world, it, there, there was a degree of not even a degree. It was inevitable. It was like the, 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 the warriors with Katie and healthy were like Thanos and end game, man. Like they were going to win the title and that was going to happen every time. Like there was nothing. Uh, there's, there's no emotional roller coaster to it, which is part of the fan experience. I'm not saying that's it's, winning championships is great. That's the best thing that can happen as a fan. You need to take that seriously when that happens. I hope we all appreciate the hell of it. It's fantastic, right? But there's a different degree of of love for Steph and Clay and Draymond. And you know, that's it's just seeing that happen for a little longer is gonna be fantastic. You know, seeing guys at the Warriors draft and watching players grow up, the organization that that you cheer for and the team that you cheer for is the biggest part of sports, man. And this is it. This is it right now. And so I'm going to say no. Um, I don't think it happens. I don't think there's a world where it happens unless, again, LeBron's like, I'm out. I, I don't know if he has no trade clause. Steph already said no. Yeah, Steph, Steph didn't say Steph, no. Steph, Steph, said, no. Steph, saying, good. Steph saying I'm good is fantastic. I, I, completely, I completely buried the lead, and I'm okay with that. Steph, yep, said, cool. Steph said, ha, 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 and then I'm okay basically yeah. is what yeah, happened. Like his, that was the funniest part is like, he found out for the first time on the and show. then his yeah. live reaction to hearing that, like the greatest okay. player I've ever seen. Cause they didn't know. They told him like, Hey, somebody wants to like, he said, your boy, your boy, your boy. He's like, who is it? And then, and then Steph was waiting to heard LeBron's voice and just started laughing <laughs> and said, that's cool. The all-star games are fun. I'm good. I'm good for now. So yeah. Um, I mean, no disrespect, but he could have said like, you know, he could have said like, oh, Paul George wants to team up or something. And, you know, Paul George is amazing, but like it's LeBron James. And his immediate reaction was just to be like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like what we got. Like, <laughs> so hey, man, I like, I, I think we all agree. We love, we love what they got, man. All right. Uh, quick one. We got a time running out on this episode, but uh, Charlie Mack, quick takes of the week in the, Get up on out of here. I mean, I'm copping out right now. I'm not going to lie. Uh, LeBron, LeBron said he wants to play with Steph with the season the <laughs> Lakers just had. And it's just, it's everything LeBron says is charged, right? I got to give LeBron that take. This is me. This is a laughing take, to be clear. Uh, I don't, dude, I, just certain, there's a certain amount of tone deafness sometimes, man, where your team just got swamped. You had a stacked raw, or what you thought was a stacked roster, to be clear. Um, you can't on your on your team's deathbed. You can't be saying that. So that's my take of the week. LeBron saying play with Steph. All right, all right. 
Uh, for mine, I'm going with what I said at the beginning. Uh, keep Jordan Poole in for the playoffs. Bench Andrew Wiggins. Sorry, buddy. Woo! I'm going to cap it off with my ultimate hot take that's not really that hot. Devils winning a championship, baby. Tune in. <laughs> Tune in. Uh, forever the optimist that, of the show. Forever the optimist. Keep my article coming out soon uh, before the playoffs. But other than that, guys, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the pod. Matt, Charlie, always a pleasure, gentlemen. And uh, we got the playoffs, man. Let's go out there and win. Um, ring number four coming coming to the Bay right now. But uh, yes, thank sir. you guys for listening, <laughs> and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. That'll do it. The Golden State Warriors advance to their fifth consecutive Western Conference Final. For the second straight year, they eliminate the Rockets here in Houston as they take this series in six games and they win game six without Kevin Durant. Just a painful way to end the season once again for Chris Paul, James Harden, and the Rockets.